Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. Hope everyone had a relaxing holiday season and a happy new year. The art world started the new year off pretty quickly with its first major art fair occurring this past week in Singapore, Art SG. There was so much attention paid to Seoul last year with the emergence of Free Seoul, and now there's been increased focus lately on another emerging art scene in Asia with Singapore. We wanted to learn more about how the inaugural edition of Art SG went, as well as the overall art scene in Singapore. So in this week's episode, we chat with Vivian Chow, correspondent at Artnet News. Vivian has written several articles lately on some of the happenings in Singapore. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Vivian, it's great having you back on the podcast. How have you been? Thank you so much for having me back, Adam. It's been uh, it's been great. Uh, a very hectic week in Singapore. I'm sure it has. Well, before we even begin to discuss Art SG, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Singapore on a broader level. Why are some major auction houses, galleries, and fairs so interested in having a presence in Singapore all of a sudden? I think we have to look at how um, there, there's been a, di- a, a shift um, in terms of the dynamics across Asia. I think for a long time, mainland China, well, China basically, um, has been a major powerhouse uh, in terms of the global art market is one of the it, it, it's one it's one of the world's biggest just next to the US or some uh, um, and uh, Hong Kong has been a major uh, trading hub for uh, for the global art market but then the um, the pandemic over the past couple of years uh, or the COVID restrictions have really made um, travel and businesses difficult for a lot of people especially for people coming from the outside and even and even like people within um hong kong and um, mainland china so i think it's just natural for people to explore options elsewhere so i what i wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say people are giving up, definitely not. Um, I think Hong Kong is still viable and um, China is still a huge market regardless. But then if there are other possible opportunities, why not you know, explore um, new opportunities elsewhere? Just natural uh, you know, thinking, uh, looking at it from a perfectly normal uh, business perspective. And so last year, I think we saw the rise of Seoul during the opening of Freeze, and um, and then Singapore um, also came into the picture. But then Singapore has been around for quite some time already, and we'll get into that. So um, I think right there have been a lot of. Uh, these narratives being played out of who is going to replace Hong Kong uh, amid all these reasons. But then the narrative should be um, 
how many uh, how many more of these major markets can uh, Asia have or should Asia have because the market has been expanding and there's no reason why there cannot be more regional hubs uh, in 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 Asia. I mean, in in the US, you wouldn't be comparing, you wouldn't be having like an either or discussion about New York or LA. Am I correct? Um, so if that is the case, then why then why can't it be possible to have like Hong Kong, Seoul and Singapore? Because they serve different purposes. They serve different audiences. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned Seoul, which is another really exciting emerging art scene in Asia that's received a lot of attention lately as Freeze, the art fair, chose to have their Asian fair in Seoul. Especially for our listeners who haven't visited Singapore or Seoul, how would you compare these cities and the art scenes there? They are very different, and I think they are equally fascinating. And if there will be a chance, I highly encourage people to uh, visit. And the food are great <laughs> um, uh, for both, I'm sure it the, is. both places. Um, I think Korea itself is already, I mean, Korea is a, is, is a country with a sizable population, and it has really fascinating history that people have forgotten about. I think people now know about like K-pop and like Squid Game and shows like on on, on Netflix, but uh, Korea has this really fascinating history and actually it's contemporary culture is unpacking and addressing these issues. So um, I think Korea itself is already a very uh, solid uh, it is a solid market, a local solid local market. It has uh, a lot of great uh, local artists, um, co- uh, culture practitioners. And Singapore, uh, on the other hand, Singapore is much smaller in terms of the size of the population. It's smaller than Hong Kong. But then when you look at Singapore, I think it's not just about looking at just one city state, but the entire region that's as in Southeast Asia or the ASEAN um, states, which has, I think, 10 member states. And so when you're talking about Singapore, it should be, we should also include um, Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, um, Viet- or even Vietnam. Um, and um, so there's so much to see. And, um, and I think Singapore is where all these different threats of um, narratives meet. Um, because that is much, this, Singapore is the closest uh, hub to these places. Uh, also including the Philippines, it's also a very um, distinctive um, place. So um, I think Singapore actually is much more, it, it can, it, I think you can view it as much more complicated than, um, than Korea, because Korea is just one thing, like one entity, but then but then if you talk about Southeast Asia, you're talking about like five, ten, you know, different, uh, so many different cultures and religions um, and uh, uh, ethnic groups. So um, it's uh, it's a lot. Uh, there's there's a lot to see, and um, I think there's there's also a growing um, uh, a, a growing number of younger um, collectors. Who are, who are interested in uh, assembling uh, assembling a, a, a meaningful art collection. So um, uh, 
it's so yeah I, I i highly recommend people to go and visit and so we just had the inaugural edition of the new art fair in singapore art sg what was the anticipation like leading up to the fair and ultimately how did it go so the anticipation for art sg has been around for quite some time and I think especially after um, this first announcement uh, a few years ago, and unfortunately, because of all sorts of number of reasons and um, COVID, so it's been postponed for four times. So um, I think after the cancellation of our stage in 2019, a lot of people you know, have been questioning if you know Singapore can really be a key market hub in the region, and if it cannot sustain RSG or RSG, it ha- uh, no, um, if it cannot sustain our stage, then of course like our stage had this problem, and uh, we're not going to go into that in this episode. Um, so the um, so people, I think people in the region they have already been uh, hoping um, to have a fair that represents the that represents the, the I think the best of from the region, and a fair that also brings in international galleries and participants and um, and a cr- an inter- international crowd to the region because that is what that's what's been lacking. Um, in the in in the past years, so anticipation has been high, and especially RSG is um, created by this 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 very same crew that produced um, Art HK, uh, and that was launched in two thousand eight, and Hong Kong's art market took off um, a lot of it. Um, I would say uh, also to the beginning of this art fair, RHK, because it was later sold to MCH and then it became a puzzle Hong Kong. So will the same story happen again in Singapore? We don't know, but um, people have high hopes of uh, for RSG, and uh, I think judging from the from the opening day, uh, it was quite just said the sentiment was good. Um, I think people are generally quite excited, especially. I think this is a one. This is the first um, like real major um, event uh, in Asia after um, COVID restrictions have been relaxed because there's, you saw uh, a lot of people from Hong Kong and a lot of people from mainland China. And then there are also people from Taiwan, um, also Japan and uh, South Korea. So it's, uh, I think it's the, it's the first major gathering of all these uh, people from the art world in, uh, in, in Asia. And uh, so people were obviously very excited. Yeah, it sounds like it. It's incredible how many years lapsed before the, ac- the fair actually occurred. I'd love to ask you a few more questions about Singapore and the scene there. What's the collecting scene like in Singapore? Can you share some of the collecting trends there with us? Uh, my understanding um, is that Southeast Asia had been a major um, region for um, uh, is been a home for a lot of collectors, um, and that we can see from. Uh, especially uh, when uh, when I talk to some uh, some of the auction houses, like when they 
they so they 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 have told me that um, uh, buyers or collectors from Southeast Asia they they have been uh, they have played been playing a major role in um, the art sales at auctions. And uh, we also know is a known fact that, uh, that there are quite a number of deep pocketed um, collectors uh, based in uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, um, Thailand. Uh, Thailand is a growing uh, is a growing is a growing scene um, that everyone was talking to me. Uh, everyone was telling me about uh, Thailand. Uh, actually, and um, and also I think the Philippines as well. So, uh, um, but then from what I my from my understanding is that a lot of them tend to start with uh, works that are culturally um, closer to them, which means they may be they might focus more on um, art and artists from their home countries and the region. Um, and venturing into um, acquiring international art has been a relatively recent thing to uh, a number of people and based on uh, my conversation with different people. And so as more galleries, auction houses, and even other art-related businesses continue to look to Asia and specifically Singapore to have a potential presence, what would you identify as some of the challenges or obstacles that they should be aware of? I think one thing that people um, talked about in uh, while I was in Singapore is the tax. If you, I think across Asia, Hong Kong is the only place that is um, tax-free. I think um, there's uh, there's a certain amount of um, uh, there's a, a certain amount of tax-free for artworks up to a certain amount of money in Korea. Um, they have, uh, Korea has definitely made art buying much more, um, much more accessible and uh, made it much easier uh, when it, uh, for, for people so that people are buying, not people are buying art instead of, you know, buying properties, uh, which I have written about previously. But then in the case of Singapore, they have um, the, the GST, and um, that was that was interesting. When I checked into the uh, the hotel, I um, <laughs> there was this uh, uh, huge on on the on the screen on the TV screen in the hotel room. That was the first thing that they uh, informed the hotel guest was that um, oh the GST uh, has rate has been raised from seven percent to eight percent from uh, January first, twenty twenty three onwards. And um, and then people told me I haven't verified that, but people told me that this uh, GST is going to uh, increase further next year, uh, in in 2024. Well, but at least they told you, so you know what to expect. Um, I think the the cost is one is definitely one issue for uh, for Singapore because things are getting more and more expensive, and and that's. Oh, that's from the conversation that I had with people living in in Singapore. So the cost of living is high, and um, rent is high, and obviously that has uh, a lot to do with its um, the influx of wealth from Hong Kong, uh, mainland China, and many parts of the world. And all of a sudden, you have like hundreds of um, family offices set up in Singapore, and we're talking about 
millions and millions of dollars. And um, so with that, um, I think taking a, a, the cost into account um, is, one, is one issue. And um, I think also it, it is going through a conversion process because um, I think, first of all, buying is still a relatively niche thing and um, and collecting is, it, it takes a long time to, to, to develop um, uh, both the, the knowledge and um, your interest. So um, I think there's a lot of groundwork to do and a, a lot of people tend to keep things uh, quite quiet. So they won't tell you what they have bought or if they have bought something. Um, so it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a conversion process. And also how much of that uh, new arrival, uh, th those uh, new incoming wealth, uh, how much of that is going to be translated into art uh, buying capital? Uh, that's also wait to be seen. Well, it's fascinating to hear about some of these potential issues, but also really just following the trends and what's developing in Singapore as a art hub in Asia. We're looking forward to following over the next several years to see how the collector base and the market there matures. Vivian, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast and helping us recap Art SG, as well as share your insights on Singapore. We really appreciate it. And if our listeners don't already, they should definitely check out your articles in Artnet News. And you're also on social media, often talking about the art markets. Where can we find you there? I can be reached via my Instagram, uh, Miss Vivian Chow. Uh, I'm also available on Twitter, Vivian Chow. Perfect. Thanks so much again, Vivian. Thank you.